0: Kevin, we don't have time for this theme song! Kevin, oh, Game of Thrones! Oh shit, of... man. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Game of Thrones season 8, episode 3, Kevin! My bad, my bad. Let's just do this. Is the Night King was snoped! <imuline> Seven Hells! It's time once again for another edition of 2 0 for this podcast. Game of
1: Thrones Discussion! Let's just jump right into this then, brother.
0: Welcome to 12th for this podcast, episode 11. We're here to talk about Game of Thrones season 8, episode 3, and holy crap, brother. Holy crap.
1: So, the, yeah, go on, go on.
0: The, the Night King got snoked, yeah. but is episode 3 the last Jedi of Game of Thrones. The fans are divided. <laughs> the fans are divided. It's so how funny. divided are they?
1: It's so funny that you say that because I was thinking the exact same thing after look, watching look, reviews of other people talking about half
0: it. Half of the <laughs> internet is thinking the exact same thing. A lot of people are pushing this narrative that yeah. this episode has broken the fandom for good. Yeah. As, as a Game of Thrones fan, I remember Ned Stark. I remember the Red Wedding. I remember that this show... Uh, sets us up with big expectations and then rips them out from under us. That's what Game of Thrones does. That's what we love. Uh, Am I sorry? that You know what? In this episode, we expected half the cast to die, and that didn't happen. A few really important characters did die, but not nearly as many as we expected. You know what did die in this episode? All of our Night King theories. Dead. I'm talking (laughs) eight years of theorizing what does the Night King want? Who can possibly kill him? The uh, uh, Lightbringer is going to have to be forged by plunging it through the heart of the Nissa Nissa, which might be Daenerys, and it's definitely going to be Jon who kills the Night King. Wrong. Boom. Eight- done.
1: <laughs> was that worth a boom done?
0: That was definitely worth a boom <laughs> done, brother, because that's how boom done works. That's how boom done works. Boom <laughs> done. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. No. Um. As uh, someone coming into this episode, uh, not really knowing a lot of the back history, uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed this episode. Um. My you bet. one of my complaints, which uh, a lot of people had, which I read out there, is yes, it was a little dark. This uh-huh. episode. So uh-huh. you know there was a lot of shit that uh uh-huh. I couldn't make out, but right. uh, overall I enjoyed it.
0: Okay. Now let me let me stop you there. Let okay. Me stop you there, and let me ask you. Um, first of all, I mean, you're a smart guy as everybody out there is smart. I don't want to insult everybody's intelligence by saying this, but I'm going to point it out anyway, this episode is, this episode is the long night, right? This episode is is about a battle that takes place in the middle of the night. night. Yes, of course. And, and in the middle of a blizzard. So they, they, like it is quintessential to the storyline. It is very, it is very key to the telling of this event to to let you know that your heroes in this fight can't fucking see, right. okay? Uh, so so you uh, you get that impression directly because they show you what your heroes are seeing, and they can't fucking see, and they are terrified, and they are tense, and they are about to die, and that's how you are supposed to feel as the viewer. And you know what? I think it worked too well. Okay, I think I think that. Um, they did their job too. The music in this episode, first of all, the score mm-hmm. was, was, um, it, it was, it was unlike most of any other, uh, scores in the entire season, in the entire series. Okay. Uh, it was pretty similar to another, another episode that this same director directed, um, which, uh, man, I forget the, uh, the title of it now, but it's the one where Cersei blows up this, the, the Sept of Baelor. Um, but, but the music was just, Like, a lot of times it wasn't music. It was just one note playing and it rising up slowly and then dropping and rising up again and then dropping and rising up again like a corkscrew keeps going up and up and keeps making you more and more tense and more and more tense. Mm -hmm. And people, people got tense. And people were like, oh, my God, I can't see. I want to see. And just like the characters in the show were thinking. And they people didn't get that 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 the show was just affecting them the way it intended to but probably too well there's also an issue with people's tv settings you know people have probably heard this by now or seen these articles online that uh you know tvs today uh, they they come with these settings that auto adjust yeah. and uh and they uh they have algorithms that like that the, the tv is sitting there uh, changing your settings on you trying to give you what it thinks is the best image uh because it's, 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 it's try- these settings are created for people to watch, like, regular television. Yeah. These, settings aren't, these settings aren't created for people to watch the most expensive, highest budget, most cinematic episode of television ever created. Like, this was the most ambitious, most epic episode of television ever made, hands down. Nobody can tell me differently. There's, and probably, to me, maybe the most important, uh, socially. Uh, the most important moment on television that I can remember in a long, long, long time. This is like, to me, this reminded me the way culturally it affected everybody. Everybody was in the conversation. It mm-hmm. reminded me of the, the Charles and Diana wedding. It reminded me of the O.J. Simpson car chase. <laughs> uh, it reminded me of like uh, the Seoul Olympics and Ben Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it was it, this was an event on a level above television, and your settings couldn't handle it. I'm sorry. You, but you, no. but everybody, everybody out there, uh, I want you to listen to me. You got to go into your TV settings and you got to turn off anything that uh, could auto adjust your, your settings. So there's things like overscan settings, there's things like cinema mode. You got to get, get rid of that. No, yeah, yeah, motion smoothing. Get rid of motion smoothing because. Because when you get a scene like this that is shot in the dark and is intentionally a little bit dark, um, these TVs these TVs can't handle those as well. Right. Uh, so it, you know,
1: it's definitely different than sitting in a cinema. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, when it comes it's, to it, yeah it's a modern problem, right? Because, because yeah. like never before have we had television on this level, like made with, with this uh, massive kind of production value. Right. And, um, and now we're running into uh, like this, this wall of our technology is not, is not designed, uh, mm. for the level of entertainment that we're getting on it now. Um, and it's causing people problems. Mm. And, uh, like and, I said,
1: it wasn't a huge thing for me. I'm not saying I couldn't see the whole episode, if that wasn't the case with me. Yeah, yeah, it was just yeah. parts of it, like, and especially yeah. since, um, like, it's kind of hard to explain, but when they, when they were, like, really close up as well, and they're, like, fighting and stuff like that, some of it was kind of yeah. hard to make out, but right. um, the majority of it, I did, I did see it, like, I, I didn't have a problem with it, Right. Um, and there were some parts, I guess, like, when they're on the dragons and stuff like that, and they were up in the sky and I was like, there was a couple of parts that were a little hard to see, but overall, like right. I had no problems with right. the episode. So. But,
0: but you caught like the dragons crashed into each other in yeah. midair, right? Yeah, because yeah, they yeah. couldn't, they couldn't see each other. Yeah. And that was, you know, intentional. Yeah. 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 Um, so, okay, let's let's start getting through the main event, the yeah. big events, because this is a long episode, 82 minutes long yes. and, and at, like every moment packed with holy shit like just holy shit moment after holy shit moment it starts off uh the first few minutes of the movie have no dialogue they just follow a few of our our, of our point of view characters uh as they're as they're preparing for the battle to begin as they're moving throughout winterfell so we we follow sam as he's walking through and then we switch to Tyrion, and we go through a couple of different point of view characters at the beginning there and we basically The the point of all of this is just to give you a sense of the layout of Winterfell, where all the armies are located, where everybody is in preparation for the beginning of the battle. And uh, it's a beautiful way to just introduce us, bring us back right into the moment uh, that we were left off at the end of episode two. Mm -hmm. And then the first major thing that happens in this episode is a lone figure comes riding over the battlefield. And it is, holy shit! It's Melisandra back from Volantis. We talked about her last episode. Uh, I, I I mentioned in episode two, you know, she has to show up here soon. Mm-hmm. We don't know how. This is I thought the Red maybe-
1: Queen, right?
0: Yes, yes. I okay. thought she. I thought I thought maybe she was that little girl with the scars on her face in the crypts, uh, yeah. in a, you know, disguising herself. But no, she fucking shows up in a badass Undertaker Gandalf moment. She 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 rides across this battlefield alone and she walks up she she just rides right up to Jorah Mormont who's at who's at the head of the dothraki forces who are waiting to charge they're the point of the spear and and she tells Jorah Mormont you speak their language tell them to raise their swords jorah doesn't know what the hell she's doing here or yeah. what the hell her intention is he just he just looks at her and he somehow knows i should i should listen to her yeah. and then she, And then Melisandre does something she's never done before. And this is another thing I saw fans freaking out about. And you need to calm down, guys, because I'll explain it to you. Okay, I'll spoon feed it to you. Don't worry. Uh, Melisandre uses a new superpower. She's able to light things on fire by touching them and praying. Right. And and we have this fantastically gorgeous cinematic moment where Melisandre lights uh, a Dothraki sword on fire and then one by one. Every Dothraki yeah. soldier, all their swords light on fire, and we get this sweeping shot as we watch this fire spread across and around Winterfell, yeah. and it's it's so fantastic. It's such a oh my god! Like Melisandre just just showed up and just faced everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, no, that uh, was a
1: really cool moment. Actually, yeah, I thought that was visually it was it was uh, very and nice, then yeah.
0: and then we get the Dothraki. They, they just charge, right? They they, they decide they're going to try to draw out the enemy into the battle, break their advancing line by by doing a charge, at the, by doing a charge, right at the beginning. If yeah. they're fighting, they're fighting a normal army, a human army. This is a pretty common tactic, uh, so I've heard. Now I've become an expert on battlefield tactics from all of my Game of Thrones uh, YouTube videos that I've been digesting. All right, <laughs> um, but uh, you know what? The, the, when when the Dothrakis uh get to the dead we don't get a good shot of the dead but we do get a shot of the dothraki's faces and when they get there they look up right because the 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 army of the dead is not it's not um an army on the ground on on foot it's not soldiers marching at them it's a rolling tidal wave of living corpses with swords Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and they're just consumed. And the beauty of the way this was filmed, we get John, we get John and Danny's perspective from a nearby mountain where they're overlooking the battlefield, and we watch this army of flaming souls, swords, which are just tiny dots in the dark distance to John and Danny. Mm-hmm. And we watch we watch them advance across the battlefield from their point of view. Then we come back to Winterfell, and we see. <clears throat> From the soldiers on the ground point of view, watching the Dothraki disappear into the darkness one by one, and we watch all of their flames get extinguished one by one, and we realized the Dothraki just got wiped out in three seconds. The Dothraki, who were legendary across Westeros for being undefeatable on open ground on horseback, the most fearsome warriors you can face on open ground on horseback, got wiped out by the army of the dead in three seconds. Also, I should mention, honorable mention, Ghost was in this scene again. But honestly, Ghost has become a joke. He's just there because the fans were complaining he's not there anymore and he does nothing. They only put him on the screen to say, look, he was on the screen. We don't see what happens to him after he charges into the battle with the Dothraki. We assume he's alive because if he was dead, they probably would have showed it on screen. Mm.
1: That's the uh, wolf, right?
0: Yes, that's Jon Snow's wolf. Right, okay. And you know, I have a big problem with what they've done with Jon Snow's wolf. They never show him. The CGI is too expensive. Mm. They say the dragons are actually easier to do than the wolves. Um, That's fine, but once again... Yeah, I hate it when Game of Thrones gives me limitations. Okay, you're the you are the most expensive, you are the most ambitious television show ever made. Don't give me limitations. Don't give me excuses. Give me ghosts, But whatever, wow. that's neither here nor there. All right. Um. So uh, then we get oh, we see Jorah Mormont just survives barely. He comes back in tatters, um, and uh, like a small handful of Dothraki come back uh, as well. But. Uh, basically the Dothraki are wiped out in the first few moments of the episode another big holy shit moment we're in trouble now and this leads of course to uh, Daenerys making a big mistake this is kind of the same series of events that happened in another important battle the Battle of the Bastards where uh, Jon Snow uh, ordered his forces not to be drawn out into the field because they'd be surrounded by Ramsey Bolton's men and and then the the odds would be two against them Ramsey Bolton played it, played John like a fiddle. He uh, he sent his little brother Rickon out into the middle of the battlefield and started shooting arrows at him. He forced John to run out into the battlefield to rescue his brother. All of John's forces followed John into the battlefield to protect him. So Ramsey Bolton tricked John into giving up his battle tactics, and this and the same thing happened uh, in this battle when Daenerys watched all of her Dothraki get wiped out. In, in just a few seconds like we just said mm-hmm. she could not hold herself back anymore the plan was not to run in yet the plan was to wait for the Night King she couldn't do it she jumps on the back of Drogon and she flies off into battle Jon has to jump on the back of Rigal and fly off to follow her because of course he's got to you know protect her Right. Um, uh, so tactically uh, this could have been a mistake I don't know that it actually ended up mattering uh, the way the events turned out But uh, in this moment, in this moment, it felt like, oh, no, there's going to be terrible consequences for for Danny breaking the plan and jumping into the battle early. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, I don't know that that happened, actually. Um, So uh, from there, uh, you know, you know, the dead start to show up. (laughs) Uh, The battle begins in earnest. We are expecting a lot of deaths here. We are expecting Grey Worm to die for sure. Everybody said Grey Worm was going to die. All the promos for this battle showed Grey Worm standing there right at the front, uh, ready to meet the charge. Grey Worm, all he has is romantic, sappy moments with Miss Andy. It, you think he's going to die. Um, he didn't. He, 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 he fought off thousands, thousands mm. of, of whites uh, by himself. As did a bunch of our other heroes who we all thought might die too. Jamie Lannister, Brienne, Podrick... Uh, Tormund, Giant's Bane, uh, they, they seemed to have this amazing uh, ability to just fight and fight and fight and kill like thousands of charging enemies by themselves almost. Um, uh, this was the one part of the battle that I'm going to criticize. This, okay. this, bu- this bunch of characters that I just mentioned, uh, they don't really have much in the way of plot. We just keep cutting back to them in the middle of like a big mosh pit, surrounded by the dead, and just swinging their swords and looking more and more tired as time goes on. But honestly, these parts of the battle were the least believable. Like they were surrounded and swarmed, and there were so many dead. There was no way. There was just no way. Uh, these are our heroes, and yes, we're going to suspend our disbelief for our heroes because they are exceptional. But there was just a like there was just I just could not believe. You know, like, uh, like Podrick spent an hour with his back to the wall, just stabbing, charging dead Mm. and survived and survived it. I just, I find that hard to believe, but, but, uh, but I'm not going to complain because you know what we did get in this episode, uh, man, it's too good. It's too good. Um, uh, a huge moment that comes up pretty, pretty soon in the episode. I don't know if I'm, if I'm getting things out of order or not, but, um, it's Leona Mormont, uh, the little bear, uh, Jorah Mormont's niece, the, uh, the lord of Bear Island. Um, she's always been, since we met her in the show, she's always been the fiercest of the northern lords. She's always been a strong warrior. Uh, we, we could have expected that she was going to meet some kind of glorious warrior's death in battle. And holy shit! I, I was not expecting the undead giant uh, that was such a treat yeah uh, th- like they do giants so well on Game of Thrones every time they have had giants on Game of Thrones it has elevated the episode uh, I think to a cinematic level that that I just really just love and uh, and and this giant and the fight with Liana Mormont uh, Liana Mormont her 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 brutal but but brave glorious death, And her slaying of -hmm. the undead giant—just an epic, epic Game of Thrones moment that nobody's ever going to forget. People are going to be talking about it forever. And uh, I, I I started clapping at at that point in my living room. Yeah, Uh, I I
1: thought that was cool too when she stabbed them in the eye.
0: Yeah, Uh, yeah. What a great character. We knew her only for a short time, Mm -hmm. but she she was always so entertaining, and uh, she went out like a boss. That's for sure. Yeah uh i just absolutely love that scene
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh um, and, and then what else did we get uh we we got a lot of aria in this episode yeah. and um you know that becomes apparent why uh aria is this the best fighter on the show and mm-hmm. it's it, it it should be well it was made undisputed anyway in this episode um, because at the beginning of the story, we, we already come to come upon a lot of really established, really strong fighters. You know, Jamie Lannister is considered to be the greatest swordsman in the realm, uh, until he loses his hand. Mm. And now he's, now he's not so great, but, uh, you know, guys like the hound, the hound was unbeatable, uh, like almost super powered in battle. Now Arya is on these people level, like Brienne. Brienne is another one. She beat the hound in battle. She's like super powered, a strong fighter this episode established that Aria, who has spent all of these eight seasons training to kill. Mm-hmm. And, and, and this is important. This is important. Not training to fight, not training uh, in the ways of a, of a knight, not training in the ways of a lord, not doing anything, any of the other things that all of these other characters have to do in their lives. Mm-hmm. Arya was training to be an assassin.
1: Right.
0: The entire time. From season one she had a list of people she was going to kill. And one by one, she has been killing those people. She's, I wanted to say, I feel like the rules of Game of Thrones don't apply to Arya. I feel like, I feel like any other character in the show who declares that they are going to kill somebody fails. I feel like that's a show that's a thing the show doesn't do they set up an expectation and then they subvert your expectation and I'm thinking right I'm thinking of a lot of things but I'm thinking of um uh, the the battle between the mountain and um and uh the 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 red viper of Dorn uh and the red Viper of Dorn uh it was his entire life's mission to kill the mountain. All he did was declare over and over again that he was going to kill the mountain. Their fight was an epic, epic scene. And it looked like he was going to kill the mountain. And as fans, we were on the edges of our seat. We couldn't believe he was going to kill the mountain. And then in the very last second, he had killed the mountain, but the mountain reached up anyway and killed him too. Uh And then the mountain was brought back from the dead and is still on the show as an undead mountain. Uh, so that's what the show does. They subvert your expectations. So Arya's kill list... Sorry, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, um, this mountain that you're... this character you're referring to, is that the, uh, the giant?
0: No. Sorry, uh, I... The, the, the mountain is just a really, really big soldier. Okay. Um, and he is the hound's brother. He, um, he has always been... Um, a Lannister soldier. He's always been at King's landing. He's uh he's Cersei's protector. He's a, just a big giant dude. Okay. Who's always, who's always with Cersei. Um, but, yeah, but he's undead now. He's right. like, he's a, he's like a super powered, big giant dude.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, he's, he's basically a one man army. He's the hound's brother. Uh, he's the reason the hound's face is all burnt as children. He put his, he put his brother's face in a fire and held it there. Right. Um, uh, so the Hound has always wanted revenge on his brother. The Hound declared that he's coming for his brother. Uh, so in the next 3 episodes, we are going to see the Hound and the Mountain have their final fights.
1: Okay.
0: It's the fans refer to it as Clagane Bowl because their last name is Clagane. Okay. San, Sandor Clagane and Gregor Clagane. So Clagane Bowl is a big fan fan event that we're all waiting for and um, it's going to be epic. When the Hound and the Mountain fight, that is going to be probably the most epic one-on-one combat in the entire series, and I can't wait for that. Gotcha. Where was I?
1: Uh... (laughs) Sorry, bro. It's
0: okay. Um, so, um, okay, so we get a lot of Arya. Like I said, uh, she ends up, um, Running through the interior of Winterfell, and a lot of people, a lot of people were like, "What's going on here? Why did this happen? Why are we following Arya through the dark? Um, what is this? Like, what part of Winterfell is she in? I'm confused. I mean, come on, man. I mean, if you don't remember, if you're not, if you're not like that into the show that you don't, you don't remember that Arya, as a child, uh, was known as the Cat. Who snuck around the halls of Winterfell? Uh, always getting into trouble, always getting into mischief, always being where she shouldn't be. Never, never doing her duties. You know, never paying attention to her studies. She was the cat of Winterfell. She snuck around Winterfell. That—that that is her super. Like, like when when you're fighting Arya inside Winterfell, you are in her lair. It's like. Uh, uh, this is a deep reference, I'm thinking of Song of the South and Br'er Rabbit, and please don't throw me into that Br'er patch. The worst thing you could do if you want to fight Arya Stark is fight her inside Winterfell. So the fact that it seems like I haven't heard fans talking about this uh, kind of upsets me because this, is, this was important. Like um, Arya almost was killed, right? Like, Even though I've been talking about how superpowered she is and because of all of her training, and she showed that, she was. She had that spear, that double-ended weapon of hers, mm-hmm. and she was. She was taken out, wh- White Walker after White, or White after White after White. You know, she was killing and killing and killing when she was outside, and when she gets inside in confined quarters, she turned into into an assassin. Right? She started using her using her sneaking around powers, using her silence powers. Mm-hmm. Um, all of this she trained for. We watched for. This is all payoff from eight seasons, and I have heard fans saying. Aria's a Mary Sue. Aria didn't earn all of her power. She's way too powerful. How how could that possibly happen? And to you people, what fucking show were you watching for the last eight years? Get out of my house with that garbage, okay? (laughs) Get off my couch. Get out of my living room. Go, okay? Because eight years, Aria has been training for all of this, and we are getting this payoff finally. Aria is in her full power, and we see that, but then we also see that she almost loses. Right? She gets swarmed, and we we get her falling through a doorway with a with a white on top of her, and she's just panicking and screaming. She's like not even fighting anymore. She's about to die in that moment before Barak Dundarian shows up and saves her, right. sacri- sacrificing his own life to save Arya from the swarm of whites that has enveloped her. And now we find out another question that we've been waiting for all this time. Why is Beric Dondarrion alive? He's, he died and was resurrected at least six times. Mm. The, Lord of, the Lord of Light kept bringing him back. Just like Jon Snow died and was resurrected by Melisandre, Beric Dondarrion was the first character that we saw that happen to. And we saw it happen to him over and over and over again. Mm. In the book, in the books... We already got the answer to why, because in the books, Beric Dondarrion sacrificed his own life to bring Catelyn Stark back from the dead, and they decided in the TV show that they didn't do that. Okay, So we have no undead Catelyn Stark, and we have Beric Dondarrion still alive, and as fans, we're like, why? What are they going to do? I assumed, you know what I thought? I thought Jon Snow was going to die, and Beric would die again and that Beric was going to sacrifice himself to resurrect John again, mm. because, because John already made Melisandre promise, if I die again, don't bring me back. So Melisandre couldn't do it. But, instead, what we get is Barak was there just to save Arya, because Arya is obviously the most important person in this battle, and we're going to get to that. Mm-hmm. But, um... But uh, Berk Donderry's death is pretty brutal, right? It's it's painful to watch because he's trying to fight and he's trying to run at the same time and every time he tries to run, he gets stabbed again. Right. And it, it's very like, uh, there's a moment where he's in a Jesus Christ pose, right? He's got his arms out and he gets stabbed in the side. And this scene is very intentionally pointing out to you that Beric Donderry is a Christ-like figure. He's a super religious, super... Uh, pious um lo- uh, loyal to the Lord of light his his God, and he uh is there only to serve his God in whatever his god 's purpose is, and he suffers for it and 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 he dies uh in that way uh which was which was poetic and um you know I liked it it was it was kind of tough to watch but uh, i 'm okay with the choice they made with Bertund Darian there right.
1: um just uh, wanted to point out one quick thing that you uh, you did skip over. You missed. Um yeah. And the only reason why I'm remembering is because I'm actually watching the show again while we talk about it. Right, right. But anyways, um, the Red Queen, uh, you know, the barricade around the uh, yeah, castle. Yeah, the barricade. She right. uh, lights that up on fire. And right, And then the dead right. pile on top of each other a la right. World War Z style to get Right, over. right, right
0: the uh, Okay. The wall. Okay. This is good. This is good. Let me stop you. Let me let me back you up here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, we get to this point in the battle when the dead have started to uh, like encompass Winterfell, right? So it's like it's time for one-on-one combat. So we get to our second our second line of defenses at Winterfell. We have dug a trench around the entire castle. We filled it with wood and spikes, and our plan is to light it on fire yep. with with flaming arrows. For a fire barrier, because the dead the dead uh, are killed by fire. Yeah. So, uh, the flaming arrows don't work, because we saw the dead call in the super bad storm, and the super bad storm keeps blowing out the flaming arrows, and they will not light. The trench will not light. So the dead are advancing, and their defenses are not in place. So they start to panic. Uh, oh, wait a minute! The red woman just showed us she can light things on fire by praying. So then we have this awesome second badass red woman as Gandalf scene,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> where and and this is this this is really Grey Worm's big moment in the show too, where we show you know his fierce Dothraki defending Melisandra, giving her space on this cr- this crazy chaotic battlefield to just walk out to the barricade and put her hand on it and stand there and pray until it lights on fire. And she has a, a lot of trouble doing this because the, the the storm that they're in the middle of is a magic storm. So it's her magic fighting against the Night King's magic in this moment. This storm is preventing her from lighting this fire and she looks shook. She looks like, I don't think I'm going to get here. I don't think I'm going to get this lit. And the dead are about to show up in an, in an engulf them all um but of course she does manage to get the trench lit in the in the final moment and it is another epic moment where another huge sweeping crane shot of the flames in the trench just spreading out and surrounding winterfell Mm -hmm. um a beautiful epic uh fantastic moment and um you know what? Melisandra, we were wondering, why did she go back to Volantis last season? What, what, what was she going to arrive? What was, what was her role going to be? A lot of people thought she was going to show up with the army that her religion actually has in Volantis. I think they're called the, the Red Hand. Uh, I'm not sure. That's probably wrong. But they have their own army, and people thought Melisandra was going to come riding over the hill with her army of, of red religious fanatics behind her to join the battle that didn't happen uh and then people complained well wait a minute where does she get this superpower we never saw her use that before that's awfully convenient but come on guys put two and two together we were wondering why she went back to volantis then she showed up by herself we're still wondering why she went back to volantis then she showed us okay she went back to learn this new superpower right that's that's the reason she went back to Volantis. And that she, she foresaw all of these events. She knew exactly how this battle was going to go. She especially knew what Arya's role was going to be and that's why she's here. And uh you know round of applause for Melisandra actually because like what a beautiful um what a beautiful role she played in this episode and, and how cinematic and epic was it? Hmm. Um, uh, it was just great. It was just great. Uh so there <laughs> What have I missed? Uh, So then we got a lot of drama down in the crypts. Um, I think the most important characters down there, uh, well, the ones that they used the most were were Tyrion and Sansa. I think this this whole crypt thing was really um, uh, kind of uh, setting the groundwork for what's going to happen in the next three episodes. A lot of people have been saying, and I, I haven't bought into it, but a lot of fans have been saying that they expect Tyrion is going to betray Daenerys. Uh, before this season is over and I've been like no way there's no possible way that is going to happen I don't believe it I refuse to believe it until this episode Hmm. because I was not expecting the showrunners to put Tyrion and Sansa back together and the way they did it you can clearly tell that they are bonded now Uh, And and that perhaps Tyrion is even falling in love with Sansa. So, the conflict that is being set up between Daenerys and Sansa, I do believe it is quite possible now that Tyrion will choose Sansa and betray Daenerys. We shall see. Uh, I don't want to get into predictions for the next three episodes. I feel like... Like, uh, it's all up in the air now. Like, it's anybody's game now. Like, all of our theories are dead. Like I said, I have spent eight years with all of these Night King theories, uh, believing that the Night King was the big bad. You know, the dead were the first thing we saw. I'm getting ahead. I didn't get to. uh, I'm getting ahead. Hold on. I'm getting ahead. (laughs) uh, I stopped the car. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Where was I? <laughs> Let's see. Okay. So, the trench is lit. Yeah. But that but then the dead like like you said, um, <clears throat> they don't let that they don't let that stop them. They just sacrifice a few hundred at the front yeah. and then everyone else just walks over them. Yeah. Of course, of course that's what they're going to do. So the ca- so the castle is swarmed. Um and our our heroes who are all fighting in the courtyard end up all fighting on top of the walls. Um Uh, there's a big dragon battle in the middle of it, uh, that I haven't mentioned yet where, uh, Daenerys and Jon are on Drogon and Rhaegal, the Night King is on Viserion and they go at it. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, dragons biting each other. There's a lot of, uh, the Night King trying to stab, uh, um, it's a, it's a very awkward, clumsy fight. It's a, it's a... It's a scene that is difficult to see because they're fighting in the middle of this storm, and that's the Night King's plan to blind his enemies. Um, so it's very confusing. Um, but but in the middle of it, we do get a, an epic uh, Batman moment where where John and Danny fly up above the clouds mm-hmm. and they ju- they just pose in front of the moon, and it's very beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's, go- it's gorgeous. I'm glad they did it. Um, but then they fall back through the clouds, descend back into the chaos. Um, They end up unmounting the Night King from Viserion, and we see the Night King just fall. And uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly the the events. It's, it's kind of confusing to me. But but John and Danny get split up anyway. Uh, Drogon ends up getting swarmed by whites and panics and bucks Danny off, so Danny ends up de dragoned, and in the middle of the battle. While Drogon flies off trying to shake off his swarm of whites, Um, we think Danny might be in in grave danger at this moment. But of course, longtime fans know what is about to happen, and what does happen, Jorah Mormont shows up and saves his queen. And 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 now we get the beginning of another epic, epic, uh, beautiful moment for fans, which is Jorah Mormont getting the death that he really deserved and really wanted, uh, serving his queen, saving his queen, being the, the noble knight, the protector, the good man, the redeemed man. <clears throat> All he wanted was Daenerys. All he wanted was to serve her and protect her and win her love. Mm. And, and um, he, you know, he had a lot of shame in his life. He had a lot of regret. And uh, he had a lot of moments where it seemed like where uh, he was going to go out in a desperate, sad way. But that's not what he got. What he got was a heroic, honorable knight's death. (coughs) Uh, A very sad moment for fans. uh, A very touching moment. uh, Watching Jorah die in Daenerys' arms. Um, uh, It it reminded me of the death of Tony Stark, in that uh, he, he tried to... He tried to speak a little bit and, and did. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I spoil? Did I spoil Endgame?
1: <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: we gotta finish our Endgame review. Buddy. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say wrong, wrong episode, buddy. <laughs> anyway, anyway,
0: um, it was a, it was a really touching. It was a really touching moment. The death of Jorah Mormont. Uh, you know, you know, clap for him too. Lyanna and Jorah got like got two really fantastic deaths. Uh, it is important to note here: House Mormont is no more. They were the last two. Mm. Now, now, there is no more House Mormonts. Uh, uh, You know, a major house of Westeros. Oh, not a major house, but a house of a a royal house, I guess. Uh, A regal. uh, What's the term? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Noble. A noble house of Westeros has been has been wiped out by the dead. So um, who will be Lord of Bear Island after all this is over? I guess we'll have to wait and see. But I'm hoping it turns out to be Tormund Giantsbane who gets it. Mm um
1: so a uh, quick question for you yeah. um do th- okay with the uh with the walking with the walking dead in this in this episode um you mean the whites the dead the whites okay the... i didn't know i didn't know that was actually the term yeah um yeah. do the same rules apply as like the walking dead and other zombie movies like if they get bitten do they can they turn Does that does that apply in this?
0: Uh, It's it's similar. It's not like a viral thing. It's not it's not the biting that turns you.
1: Yeah. Well, Um, the
0: it's the night king that turns you. But
1: but you have to be dead. Don't If you're
0: you're dead, if you're dead, and and you're in the night king's vicinity, yes, you become. Yes, he can rise you.
1: you. you, Yeah. Yes. I I got that from uh, from later on, obviously. No, I was just curious because like when I was watching it. there I noticed like some of them were trying to like bite and stuff like that, right? So I wasn't sure if it was if that was like the case. Yeah, they
0: do they do bite, yeah. um, but but they're not like it's not like they're driven by hunger. Yeah, yeah. You know, okay. it's 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 they bite to kill. <laughs>
1: yes, but, okay. Yeah. Right. Um Yeah, just curiosity question. Go on. And,
0: and yeah, yeah, their power, their, their their whole thing is more vampire based than zombie based in that it's not a virus that spreads. Yeah. It's one. it's one guy who makes everybody and you take yeah. out that one guy and you take out them all.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Um, which is, uh, you know, uh, uh it's debatable whether, okay. I don't want to get there yet. Hold on. Let's finish getting through the episode.
1: Yeah. No problem.
0: So where were we? Uh, let me see. So, okay. The death of Jorah Mormont, uh, Daenerys, he saves, he, you know, but, uh, that that takes us right to the ep- end of the episode. So now I need to back right up, <laughs> back right up, back right up. Uh, have I have I missed anything important? I got I got Leanna Mormont in. Uh, yeah, Sam didn't do much in this episode. He did get a, a kill or two in, but then but then he just ran around and cried. Um, I, I I honestly didn't like that. Mm. I I I, I like that Sam lived, but um, I didn't want him to turn into a blubbering mess like that. I felt like. I felt like his character had come too far for him to be that destroyed by the battle, but I think that was just for us. That that just added to our anxiety about the battle. Okay, fair enough. Um, we get we have Theon in the Godswood with Bran, of course, and and they are there uh, just with bows and arrows, uh, killing all the dead that are entering the Godswood, surrounding Bran. And Bran is of course waiting for the Night King to show up there uh, to try to kill him. Uh, Bran wargs, wargs and leaves Theon alone there. Um, and a lot of people are complaining about this too. And this this is actually a criticism for me. Unless they come back and they and they retcon this. Unless there's a reason. Like we're going to find out later that Bran was uh, gone that entire time. Mm. Uh, it was pretty bad. Because like Bran is a super powerful character. Bran could warg into anything. Bran Bran could have taken over like uh ghost or like maybe even the undead. We don't even know, but he could have joined the battle and helped the fight, right? He could have helped Theon fight by by warging into ghost and having ghost fight next to him. But like it seems like he did nothing. And I I really want the 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 show to come back and explain that more, I, it really didn't make sense to me. Um, but uh, you know, we had some nice we had some nice moments with Theon and Bran. Uh, Theon apologizes to Bran, and normally when people apologize to Bran and ha- try to have emotional moments with them, Bran kind of shuts them down and he gives them some weird answer. Um, but with Theon, he kind of is a little more warm than anyone else. You know, he tells them he tells him everything you did brought you here, it brought you home theon and he knows that that he knows that that is going to make theon like feel get all the feels right because theon betrayed his home theon sacked winterfell theon killed uh people who lived in winterfell and helped raise him his whole life like theon really betrayed the starks and winterfell so for bran stark in that moment to say to theon this is your home Hmm. what was such a powerful redemption for Theon was such a powerful moment of healing for Theon. It gave Theon the the strength to fight in this episode.
1: So, uh, just back, backtrack just a little bit. Bran's the one that's in the wheelchair, right? Yes. Okay. Now (laughs) at the, no, I'm still learning the, the names. Okay. I know. Um, now, at the beginning of the episode, he's like um i'll I'll be back or something like that, and then he like flips yeah. his eyes and hes it goes yeah. white, and then he's like down. controlling like the uh whatever the crows. birds. what are they yeah the
0: crows crows the crows okay
1: so and what, hes
0: he's war, he's working them that's what it's called working
1: so um when he's doing this with the crows, is he actually fighting
0: no, that's what I'm saying he's controlling the crows right, and he was just using them to spy he was using okay. them. He was using them to go see where the Night King is, and we can assume he was also using them to just keep an eye on the battle, I guess, right? Okay. To, to, to see, like, when the enemy was going to arrive, now, basically.
1: I wasn't hundred percent sure if, if uh, like, the crows that he was controlling were actually fighting. Well, they that's just what... Kinda, they just kind of showed them flying, whatever, right? So that's I, what so I'm saying. Yeah. That's
0: what I'm saying. I have a problem with that, too. I have a problem with the fact that he was not in the fight. Yeah. He did not use... He didn't use the crows to fight, mm-hmm. but... But he could have like taken any animal, right? He could have, he could have controlled somebody's horses. He could have controlled like John's wolf ghost. He could have controlled, you know, uh, some other wolves that were in the oh, forest nearby. Oh.
1: Okay, so he right? can, he can control anything. So he's like Ghostmaster. Yes.
0: master. He can control humans too. He controlled okay. he controlled Hodor. He used to fight as Hodor see, when Hodor I, was still alive.
1: See, this is stuff that I I didn't catch. Right. Like I didn't know right. this.
0: Right, that's what, okay. that's what I'm saying. So, okay. as a fan, as a fan in this moment, that the, that just watching Bran sit there mm-hmm. and not not help Theon fight yeah. was really, really like, what's going on there? I need the writers to explain that to me, right. or or it's a plot hole. I'm sorry, I yeah. hate to say this plot hole in this episode. Probably my favorite episode for a lot of reasons, but. Um,
1: that's a pretty big plot hole, though. They,
0: they need to explain that. <laughs> they, they need to explain that, and and I'm hoping it's because of something that's coming in the next three episodes. Yeah. Something something to do with King's Landing and Cersei. We shall see. We shall see.
1: Yeah,
0: okay. uh, but but anyway, uh, you, uh, we get um, Jon Snow uh, uh, finds the Night King on the ground. yep and um, and we think this is it, dude. In this moment, we're like, oh, my God, it's finally going to happen. This yeah. is what we have been waiting for. Jon Snow, he's got Longclaw in his hand. He is running after the Night King. He's going to fight him. Jon yeah. Snow and the Night King are going to fight. Yeah, It's going to happen. <laughs> didn't happen.
1: And then it didn't happen.
0: And you know what? Okay, okay, guys. Okay, fans. Okay, Game of Thrones fans. I, I, I know. I know this was kind of a weird letdown. Okay, I know. Okay, John has Longclaw, this beautiful Valyrian steel sword, and we saw him kill a White Walker with it once, and it was such. It was such a beautiful moment. It was such a great hero moment. We. We have been expecting to see that moment again with the Night King. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, what was it all about? Why was Jon Snow raised from the dead? What what was the Lord of Light's purpose for him Mm -hmm. if he's not going to be the one to fight the Night King? But no, he gets about 30 feet from the Night King and then the Night King pulls his Undertaker move. He, He raises his arms and all of the dead bodies on the ground around them stand up. And block John's path, and John can't get to him. Yeah. So the Night King just casually strolls into the Godswood, where Theon and Bran are the only two left alive there, yeah. and it looks like they're doomed. Yeah, uh, it, it looks like that the Night King is going to win, and. And you know what? We all believe that he would. We, I think we, did. I think we thought that the Night King was going to survive until the end of this series. Yeah. I, I think we thought he was the main villain. We thought that for good reason because the dead were the first villain on this show. The dead were the first scene of the first episode of Game of Thrones. The dead were set up as the threat in mm. this show, and then. After we got that scene, and then the show started showing us its politics and all of these families squabbling for the Iron Throne, that was kind of what what tipped us off as the, to the audience that all of this politics is so silly, right? All of this squabbling for the Iron Throne is supposed to be like ridiculous to us because look at how foolish you all are the dead are coming and you all need to join together to defeat them or you're all going to die because you're foolishly squabbling over this political thing which doesn't really matter now the showrunners took a big big <clears throat> they they switched it right mm. they, they they switched it they're saying now because i mean i mean i haven't gotten to it yet but but, like, the next thing that happens after Theon's beautiful death scene, where where Bran gives him his final redemption. Bran, like I said, who's a robot, has no feelings, is never emotional or warm to anybody, mm. has a beautiful touching moment with Theon. He gives him a beautiful gift. He says to him, Theon, thank you. You're a good man. Right. And with a single tear and a single look, we see Theon's character... Character arc come to a complete perfect close. Okay. Full circle. Theon is finished. And Theon is now free to give himself up in a heroic way, dying for his home, dying for his adopted brother, Bran, dying for his adopted father, Ned Stark. Really, this all is about Ned Stark. If you think about it, we're back in the Godswood. We're back in Ned Stark's Gods Godswood in front of Ned Stark's heart tree. And, and and Theon gives himself up, sacrifices his life for all of that in this beautiful moment of redemption, and it's wonderful. Hmm. And then the Night King and Bran face off. And, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to talk about that I haven't gotten to yet was... Uh, Sansa had a line early on in the episode to Tyrion where Tyrion said, I want to be out there in the fight. I don't want to hide in the crypts. I should be out there helping. I'll see something that they won't see. I'll tell them something that they won't think of, and I can make a difference out there. And Sansa says, no, you can't make a difference out there. You have to face that. The bravest thing we can all do now is stare the truth in the face. And that line became the theme for the rest of this episode because every major character in this episode had a scene where they silently stared their impending death in the face. Mm. Every character does this in this episode. Most importantly, most centrally is this moment between Bran and the night King. They get up to each other. The night King stands over Bran and they just stare at each other. And in this moment, we, this is Bran staring into the face of death, right? We expect that this is it. We expect that the Night King is going to win here. Mm. Maybe Bran is going to die here. It's quite likely, quite possible in our minds that that's about to happen at this point. Right. Unless, unless, But we're also thinking, but no, why has Bran been secretly sitting here silently the whole time? Bran must have some some secret plan right some some trick up his sleeve he's going to do some superpower thing right now and surprise us all but no that's not <laughs> the surprise that's not the surprise we got yeah. the surprise the surprise we got was our hero who we talked about earlier who spent 8 seasons training to kill not to fight not to fight yes to fight but more importantly to kill she trained To kill. John trained to fight. John trained to be a lord. John trained to survive. John trained to lead. Arya trained to kill. And the cat of Winterfell, with her cat's paw dagger, takes out the Night King for the win. Boom! Can I get another? (laughs) Boom! Can you hit me three times? Boom! (laughs) Boom, done, Night King. Boom, done. <laughs> done. Eight years of theories. Boom, done. <laughs> it's over.
1: It's over, son. Forget
0: about Forget about Lightbringer. Forget about Nisa Nisa. Forget about Azor Ahai. Forget about being born under the Red Comet. Forget about all that shit. It's done, son. <laughs> done. <laughs> Mic <Mike> drop. Aria. <laughs> check not today <laughs> god of death not today
1: i thought that was a great moment i i really i really dug that it was moment.
0: A, it was a fucking fantastic yeah. moment no absolutely fan, she, that knife drop move I, yeah right? where else have we seen that where else have we seen that, that was in,
1: uh, wasn't that in the last jedi
0: it was in the last jedi right,
1: right? ray, when ray moves, yeah I ray said. drops it and yeah there you go. And,
0: then Ar- and then Arya also previewed that move in, a, in another scene where she was uh, sparring with Brienne earlier. So they... Sh- man! The plan was always there right in front of your face yeah. and, and and people are upset! It wasn't John. The Night King is gone! The dead is gone! Cersei can't be the big villain! It can't be a really about the Iron Throne! It's supposed to really be about the dead! Yeah. But guess what? Wrong! Yeah. Here we are, and, and 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 people are upset. The fans are divided. Uh, Aria fans, of course, are ecstatic yeah. because because Aria got the biggest hero moments in the show so far, and and if there can be a bigger hero moment than this, I don't know what it is. Like I don't know what else has been set up uh, that's bigger than slaying the Night King. Yeah. I really don't. I really don't. But um, I so, uh,
1: okay. So uh, I've seen pictures online of her sitting on the iron throne is that like her now is like is she like the queen because she killed because she killed darth maul or what
0: cersei cersei is on the iron throne and no she killed snoke then the night king got snoked motherfucker yeah okay smoked hard yeah yeah. like 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 the same way that people were like what the hell? Snoke can't die yet. Snoke is the big villain of the show. That's exactly, yeah. exactly what fucking happened here. There like the Night King got fully snoked. So is is the fandom now fully he, last Jedi? He also Are, got
1: Darth Mauled. Let's let's face it.
0: Yes, Darth yes. Maul
1: died in the first episode. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he looks like Darth Maul, so that's why I refer to him as Darth Maul. <laughs>
0: You think you think he might come back with robot legs in the next episode? <laughs>
1: That's very possible. Anything can happen in, in Game of Thrones, right? <laughs>
0: Man, <Well. laughs> I, w- I would be so happy if I saw the Night King with robot legs. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit! I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on Photoshop and make that. All I'm right. Gonna- that's gonna be my meme. That's gonna be my meme for uh, it's gonna be. It's gonna say uh, season three, episode six. I'm back, and it's gonna have the night king with robot legs. Robot legs.
1: There you go. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> There you
0: go. Um, okay. <laughs>
1: you know what? Uh, another uh, pretty sweet moment that, uh, well, you forgot to mention, actually. Um, in the, I guess it's in the courtyard, whatever, when um, I, I can never, Khaleesi, um when she's like, the yes. dragon is down on the ground or whatever, and then the dead start jumping onto the dragon.
0: Yes. And Drogon, they're like fucking yeah.
1: stabbing it up and shit. Yeah. That, yeah I thought that yeah. was a really cool moment. Yeah.
0: And Drogon, Drogon. Bucks her right off, yeah. and then and, and, and I, 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 I thought Drogon was dead. Then, I, 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 I turned to Melinda in that moment, and I was like, I can't believe they're killing Drogon yeah. right, right now in this way. I thought I was watching Drogon die. I was so upset in that moment.
1: And then it and, started and, and, raining dead.
0: Yeah. And, and can I say, like, through this whole episode, all of these moments got me. Mm-hmm. Like, e- every time one of these characters was in danger, I like I was there I was in it I was like oh my god I thought Drogon was going to die yeah, I thought yeah. Drogon was going to die right uh and um and and this show like like the whole thing just had me sucked right in
1: yeah
0: I was like I, I never for a moment did I step back from it and go oh why are they doing that or, or you know it was like I was I was just fully pulled on this journey
1: you're invested time. you're absolutely yeah, yeah. yeah. okay
0: yeah, um, and uh, uh, I've I don't know I lost my train there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, okay, okay. And then I've, I I don't know if there's anything I missed, but but uh, but the episode ends with a beautiful bookend of Melisandre. Um, obviously, uh, her purpose is complete now. We've always been wondering. Like how she's gonna die because she announced her death was coming last last season, right. and, and and here it is like it's it's Melisandre like
1: this was this part that I didn't really get but go ahead
0: she she was a, an ancient creature right okay. she was hun- hundreds of years old and being kept alive by her magic yeah. and. And here we go. Here's another character who the Lord of Light, this 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 God that that is actually real. Like in the in the show world, he's been demonstrated to be real, a real thing many many times over. Hmm. This this red God, the Lord of Light, uh, puts characters into the sh- into the game by keeping them alive to serve a purpose for him. Right. He did it with he did it with Beric Dondarrion. It's you know he's done it with Jon Snow, and he's and he's done it with. Melisandra, for like hundreds of years in Melisandra's case it was her entire purpose to see the long night ended and this moment where it's dawn the, mo- the day after the battle the sun is rising the long night is ending in this moment and in this moment Melisandra's purpose is finally complete mm. she, takes off, she takes off her magic necklace which makes her look young and hot mm. and, then see, and then we see what she really looks like She's like a decrepit, hundreds of year old, hundreds of years old lady, um, and now her magic leaves her, like the red god leaves her. It's okay. like your purpose is fulfilled, and she dusts. Yeah, she, and it's a, it's a beautiful moment. Uh, it's silent. You know, it's, it's, sorry, go ahead. And, and it's played cinematically so beautifully. Uh, it's just, it's just a, just a fantastic, epic cinematic uh, moment. You know what that uh,
1: scene remind me of? Almost to a t uh-huh. kill, bill. kill bill kill Bill the one two death punch remember when uh when oh, she, yeah when she death. did it yeah. yeah, and then he like walks and takes like the two step whatever, and then it falls oh, oh. very you know similar to that
0: that you' you're right, you're right, that's a good one um uh there's another one that I heard people mention, uh not a movie that I'm a fan of, but uh chronicles of Riddick, okay. Apparently, there's a there's the scene in Chronicles of Riddick that's shot like almost exactly the same, where oh, okay. a, a, a character walks out of the protection of like of like uh, the dome on this planet and then walks out into the elements and just gets uh, gets dissolved by the sun or whatever. Um, okay, but but I apparently it's, that, apparently but apparently, apparently, it's, apparently it's shot the same way and yeah. it, it feels it's very similar. Um, but it was a beautiful moment, and Melisandra, a fantastic character, who gave us so many wow moments. Uh, she gave birth to a demon shadow baby mm-hmm. that 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 murdered uh, Renly Baratheon. Uh, she she just uh, she you know she was responsible for for the the burning alive of Shireen, Bar- uh, Shireen Baratheon. Yeah, Shireen Baratheon. Um, the the little girl who we loved, and it was such a tragic, just awful, terrible moment that was so hard to watch. Hmm. Uh, so we've been up and down with Melisandre, um, and she was just an epic character, and she got an epic final chapter in this episode. Uh, not not what some people were expecting, but still, just carried off so beautifully. And when I see scenes like this, and when I see these epic characters and these epic character arcs carried off so well, you know what I get excited for, Kev? Hmm. Benioff and Weiss, Dan and Dave, the showrunners of Game of Thrones, are currently, as we speak, writing a Star Wars trilogy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Can you believe, like, that is going to be, oh my, okay, anyway. okay. I don't want
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, yeah, if it's shot anything like Game of Thrones, dude, yeah, it'll be.
0: Anything like, like, it's going to be bigger and better, right? Like, I I can't even imagine what, I can't even imagine i can't even and people are saying it's going to be knights of the old republic which of course is the most similar thing to game of thrones yeah. you can imagine it's game of thrones with lightsabers and spaceships that's yeah. what it is yeah it's it's it, it's gonna be uh, I, I, I don't even want to, i'm gonna freak out just thinking about it like
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i'm uh i'm definitely on board for that
0: <laughs> so anyway, um, th- th- that's the end of my rundown of the episode. Anyway, so I'll give my—I guess I'll give my score now. Yeah. Um. This was, um. You know what? It, it broke my expectations a little bit, but I don't want to—I re- don't want to review it uh, based on my expectations. Okay. Based on just what I saw on the screen, this was the greatest episode of television I've ever made, hands down. No one—no one can tell me differently. No one can show me something that's better. Yeah. Uh, that, that was made for television no one can show me a better 60 minutes 70 minutes, 80 minutes and definitely not 82 minutes of television All right, better better than this episode uh, that being said, I have one or two tiny criticisms of, of it of what I saw on the screen so I can't give it a 10 but I'm going to give it as close as I've ever given anything to a 10 in reviewing Game of Thrones so I'm going to give it a 9.95 wow
1: <laughs> wow uh it,
0: it, like it deserves it like literally dude it is i had the greatest television show ever made yeah. I, the greatest television show ever made this episode yeah that's All what right. that's how i feel that's how i feel
1: okay um for myself well i, I would give it a, a hard eight and a half okay. um again uh, i i obviously wasn't as invested as you were like i didn't I didn't like, you know, get all cringeworthy when someone was gonna die or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah uh, for yeah. me, it was just like, um, okay, they didn't die. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? But no, that that like I said, like the uh, the moments that I brought up, um, especially that um, that last scene when Arya kills the uh, Darth Maul. There, fucking brilliant! I love that. I I yeah. thought that was great. Like, yeah, it was from, hot, huh? Yeah, no, um, from, like, when she's jumping and you can see her jumping, like, over his, her, his shoulder. And yep. then he, like, turns around, grabs her or whatever, and then she does the whole knife drop, bam, yes. boom, uh, boom, done. Yeah, no, that was fucking great. Um, can,
0: I, can I ask you? Yeah. Did like, did you think that she might die in that um, moment? When, when he was standing there holding her, when he caught her, did you think, oh, oh, my God, she's going to die?
1: I would have if I didn't see pictures of her on the throne of okay. uh, this week.
0: Okay. Um, so, I- I Facebook honestly was thought a bit of
1: a spoiler in that, in that l- like
0: I, Like I said, I believed that the Night King was going to survive until the end. I really did.
1: Yeah, no, and that's, that was so, weird. So, yeah.
0: it, so in this moment, I was just asking myself, how is the Night King going to get out of this God's Wood? Who is going to have to die for this to resolve itself in some way mm-hmm. where this battle ends and the night King is not dead, but then our heroes are not all dead too. Like, and, and in this moment when the night King caught Arya in midair, I thought to myself, Oh my God, that's the big twist. After eight seasons of watching Arya train and prepare to, to be a a killer, Mm -hmm. we're just going to watch her get killed by the night King in this moment. And, um, I really, I got, like when she dropped the knife and did the move. Yeah. I f- shrieked. I was so, I was so blown away by it. Yeah, I it it got me. It totally got me.
1: So, uh, does the rule of two uh, uh, apply in um, in no, Game of no, Thrones? I-
0: no, I thought maybe it would. I thought yeah. maybe we were gonna end up with something like that. Okay. But uh no, there no, it's just the Night King. It's just you kill him and they're all gone, and that's what's happened. Oh, and,
1: you okay. know, they're, So they're we don't know they're who gone. the next threat is gonna be because there's still three more episodes.
0: There's three more episodes, and it's all about the Iron Throne now. They're yeah. they're just going they're going down to King's Landing, they're gonna try to take Cersei off the Iron Throne, and then they're gonna probably fight over whether it's gonna be John or Daenerys who gets the Iron Throne and then um, I mean, I have a prediction. If you want, if you want my prediction, sure, go for it. Um, Cersei is going to blow up King's Landing uh, instead of let anybody else have it. She she has wildfire. She's already shown us that she's willing to blow up King's Landing. She blew up the Sept of Baelor uh, a few seasons ago, and ever since then she's had her pyromancers make making more wildfire wildfire is this like super explosive kind of napalm that they have okay. in game of thrones. It's right. like a magic. It's almost a magical napalm. Okay. Um, and um, she has people making it and there's tunnels under all the streets of, of King's landing. And they're going to be all filled with this uh, wildfire. And at the moment that Cersei looks like she might lose the battle. She's going to blow up the whole city. She's going to to kill everybody. This is my prediction, okay? Like, I don't know... Like, this is not a spoiler alert, people. You can can argue... You can say that it's not going to happen if you want, but this is what I believe. Uh, Cersei's going to blow up all of King's Landing, and everybody who is not in the sky on Dragonback is going to die in one moment.
1: Okay.
0: And... um, and I, I, I personally believe that John and Daenerys are both going to die. But I mean, I also believe that the Night King was going to survive until the last episode. So, like I said, clean slate now. All mm. theories are dead. All theories are dead. All, all bets are off. Like, right. what's going to happen here? I have no fucking idea. <laughs>
1: um,
0: I, 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 I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll find out. All right. Um. But um, as far as the fans are concerned, you know, listen, guys, I understand why some of you are disappointed. I I really do. I I, I feel like uh, Benioff and Weiss made a choice here. They made a choice to say that, yes, Game of Thrones actually is about Game of Thrones. It's not about we have to turn our back on the Game of Thrones and all come together and overcome the greater threat and learn that, our politics have been petty and we should end that system. You know, that's not what it's actually about. What it's actually about is who is going to sit on the iron throne. And I I picture, I picture a boardroom somewhere like a year ago, I picture a boardroom in HBO where they were making this decision. Mm -hmm. Who's going to be, who's going to be the final villain of the show? Is it going to be Cersei, or is it going to be the dead? And I picture like somebody in a suit looking at Dave and Dan and saying, this show is game of thrones. It's not the walking dead.
1: Right.
0: People only ki- people want to know who's going to sit on the throne. Uh, uh, is, uh, that's a choice that I think is, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe I'll love every moment of it and maybe I'll think it was the best thing they ever did. Uh, personally, I don't think this is how it's going to go in the books. Mm-hmm. I think George, I think George Martin is going to do much different things okay. with, uh, with the ending of, of the books. And, 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 and it's it's been different from the books for a long time anyway. There is no night King in the books. Uh, that, that's key. All mm. of your prop all of our prophecies, and this is what I want to say to fans, if anybody's listening, all of our prophecies about Azora High and Lightbringer and 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 our idea that John has to be azora High and he has to fight the Night King with Lightbringer to end the long night. Well, that was never really good logic in the first place, because the Night King is not in the books. And the Azor Ahai prophecy is from the books. So, the Azor Ahai prophecy only says that the prince who was promised will forge Lightbringer and use it to lead the people and end the Long Night. It doesn't say he'll use it to slay the Night King. Okay. Uh, So... You know what, fans? Uh, calm down. Uh, we're, we've gotten caught up in a whirlwind of books versus TV show of years and years of theory, and we're suffering from uh, a lot of online manipulation right now. Yeah. A lot of a lot of clickbait headlines are out there trying to make you fight with each other, just like you just like they did after the Last Jedi. Yeah. Russian bot Russian bots are definitely involved. I'm sure of that. I'm I'm absolutely sure of that. Yeah. Uh, but um. You know what? We've got three episodes left, maybe four, if the rumors that I've heard are true. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. But um, you know what? Let's hang in. Let's see how it goes. This is still the greatest TV show ever made, hands down. I don't know what could compete with it. Maybe The Mandalorian coming up very soon. <laughs> there you go. But, but um, God damn. Only God time damn. will tell on that one. Only time yeah. will tell. What a weekend we had. Kevin, we had we had we had Endgame and then we had this mm. and I don't I don't know which one is bigger to tell you the truth, right? Yeah. Like th- this broke the record for for viewership. It had one, 17.8 million viewers. Mm. And I, and you know, I know a lot more people saw Endgame than 17.8 million, yeah. but but that 17.8 million does not include everybody who pirated it. And I guarantee you there are Ten times as many people pirating it as they are watching it legitimately or paying yeah. for. It. Yeah. So yeah. That, that number is probably two hundred million. I don't know I, I don't know, I'm guessing, but yeah, yeah. like like these two events happening on the same weekend are killing me, dude. Yeah, yeah. No, I feel <laughs> like, you, like we've only done the first half of our end game review. Yeah. We gotta do our second half still. And now we finally got this done. What day is it? It's like Wednesday. It's, it's been Wednesday, like eight, yeah. Wow, man, we're, 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 we need a bigger podcast.
1: We do. <laughs> we, we most definitely do. Well, uh, yeah, we'll have to, uh, get to, uh, get together and do that soon. Uh, hopefully this yeah. weekend. And then, yeah. uh, before, uh, before we do our season, our, our, sorry, our season eight episode four review, uh, That's right. next
0: week. That's right. That's right. That's uh, right. We we got a lot of work to do, and and we're gonna we're gonna work hard at getting it all out there as quickly as we can. Um, so so okay, we'll, as as we wrap up here, a couple things I want to mention. I um, yeah. uh, I want people to check out if you're listening, go check out uh, my friend Simon's podcast at apologue.ca. That's apologue spelled A P A L O G U E.ca. Um, he, 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 I, I just was appeared on the, on the podcast. He did an interview with me, just two old friends catching up. Uh, but it's a great show. It's worth checking out. It's worth listening to. Um, I listened
1: to it this afternoon while I was working.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and other than that, you know, uh, check us out on on our social media, uh, twitter.com forward slash tool for this pod, uh, facebook.com forward slash tool for this podcast, uh, tool for this pod. Are we on Instagram? Yeah, I'm pretty
1: (laughs) pretty sure we're on Instagram as well. Yeah, okay, yeah,
0: too old for this podcast on Instagram. Um, And uh, too old for this podcast is spelled with a two and a four, the way 90s rappers would do it, because that's what we are.
1: There we go. (laughs) So, uh, speaking of 90s uh, artists. That's the
0: end? (laughs) Janet, Janet, I (laughs) forgot you were here. Yeah, 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 Janet, we're going to end the show for tonight. But,
1: uh... (laughs) But, uh, yeah, go on.
0: (laughs) We're going to come back real soon. We're going to finish talking about Endgame, and then we're going to get into Episode 4, which is right around the corner, and I'm very excited. And we're looking forward to things in the future. We're going to assemble the OT OG Star Wars Roundtable after Game of Thrones is over. Uh, And, uh, ah, man. Boom
1: done! All right. (laughs) Thank you. No worries. That's
0: how boom done works.
1: (laughs) And on that note, <laughs>
0: thank you for listening to 2 Old for this podcast, episode 11. My name is Cher and this what? is my partner,
1: Kevin. <laughs> and I'm Kevin. <laughs> That rhymed. Thank, there you go. And thank you for listening until next
0: time.
1: I was just about to say it for
0: you.
1: <laughs> Good night, my brother.